Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Monday, September 25th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, folks. Do you know what, folks? Today is National One-Hit Wonder Day, and my co-host does not celebrate this day because she's not a one-hit wonder. She's a 24-7 hit parade. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Sheila, let's get right to the heart of the matter. What is your number one one-hit wonder of all time? Thank you, Breaky Heart, obviously speaking. Yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus, thank you, Breaky Heart. He's he had, had more some hits in that. No, not really like that. It was like a small success after the fact. And it was just like people who are like buying an album because they liked the other song. Um, but also, of course, there's <laughs> Millie Vanilli. Girl, you know, it's true. What a yes. day for them today. You know, like in a day where everything is lip syncing and digitized and uh, they were just sort of performing in the wrong era, I think, because if they were performing in now times they didn't do anything wrong you know what i never thought of that and you're absolutely correct i can tell you uh i went to one source and they have a top 10 list and uh i don't know if this is a matter of pride or shame um because the number one one hit wonder of all time is canadian content uh namely seasons in the sun by terry jacks uh then we have the night chicago died paper lace Loving You, Minnie Ripperton. Oh, I hate that song. Uh, the Hustle, Van McCoy. I like that song. And I always thought it was Casey and the Sunshine Band that did yeah. that. Um, Afternoon Delight, Starland Vocal Band. One of the cheesiest songs in the world. It seems Gross. to be about going to the <laughs> no-tell motel to have an right. affair. Right? It's a gross song. <laughs> you Light Up My Life, Debbie Boone. Horrible. Ring My Bell by Anita Ward. If you want to torture me to death sonically, Sheila, put me in a chair strapped down listening to uh, you Can Ring My Bell by Anita Ward over and over. I will beg for death. Uh, Pop Music by M. Funky Town by Lips Inc. And Mickey by Tony Basil. And I'll tell you one thing, one anecdote. Mickey, that's kind of funny. Many years ago, I worked for like this gourmet rib joint. I was a delivery driver, <laughs> Sheila. And it was called Mickey's Ribs. And the manager had a girlfriend, a really nice gal, called Mickey. And then this song came on mickey that was on super heavy rotation you couldn't go anywhere without hearing mickey and one day i say to uh, jared i say hey where's mickey these days he says oh i dumped her i go you dumped her she seemed like such a nice gal he said yeah but you know mickey's ribs um mickey the song mickey's my girlfriend's name just too much Mickey. <laughs> he dumped Mickey, her Mickey, face. Mickey. <laughs> like that's right out of a Seinfeld episode. Which is you know, you can have too much of a good thing. It's also <laughs> Yom Kippur today. So it is the Jewish Day of Atonement. And boy, there's a lot of apologies floating around <laughs> the House of Commons today, isn't there? Uh, we'll get to that in a second. It is the biggest news in the world today. Justin Trudeau uh, has more sympathy for the devil. We've gone from... You know, his sympathy for Omar Khadr and uh, what's his face? The guy who was a terrorist or may have been a terrorist, but came home and beat up his wife. Uh, Boyle. Oh, well, I yes. forget his first name. 
Uh, there's him. There's uh, Paul Atwal. Oh, the terrorist that's he the fellow he brought. Yeah. That was India <laughs> fiasco number one, right? One. As opposed to, I, I guess like, it's kind of like the Super Bowl now. Uh, every time blackface goes to India, we have India fiasco, Roman numeral two, Roman numeral three. <laughs> Can I tell you that I am so grateful that we just got into basically hay production around this farm because I'm really feeling it for the canola farmers today and the pulse farmers today. Thanks to Justin Trudeau's absolutely outlandish behavior um, with India, they're dealing with a trade fiasco with their uh, one of the single largest consumers of pulses in the world. Mm. Um, Canada is the largest producer of that portable protein, and they are the largest consumers of it, at least from Canada. And the farmers are going to be stuck in the middle once again. But let's tell everybody what we're doing before we continue to talk about how Justin Trudeau uh, serial kills our reputation on the world stage one more time. <laughs> you know, uh, the Canadian reputation is like a cat. It has nine lives, but I think Justin Trudeau is on life number 11 with that poor thing. Oh. Um, it's it's just a d disgrace. Every day you wake up, you're like, what did Justin Trudeau do to us today? How, how am I ashamed today? Um, but this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's Hosted by my friend David Menzies and a rotating cast of characters. I am the character on rotation today. My name is Sheila Gunn-Reed. I'm the editor-in-chief here at Rebel News. And this is a place where we talk about the news of the day completely unscripted um, and uh, spontaneous. And sometimes we talk about the news as it breaks. And I wonder how many extra liberal apologies we're going to see today as we're on air for about an hour. Um, but it also gives you a chance to interact with us here at Rebel News and allows us to democratize the news. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, there are 1.6 million YouTube subscribers over there. We don't want to abandon you, but you may know that YouTube is a censorship platform. They've demonetized us over there. That's fine. Um, because there are other platforms that don't really care about your opinions or mine. They just care about doing business. Isn't that interesting? So we've got Rumble and we've got Odyssey. Those are the two other platforms that we're broadcasting on right now. Rumble, you can leave us a paid chat. It's called a Rumble Rant. And if it's over the $5 minimum, we are obliged to read it on the show. Um, likewise with Odyssey over there, it's called a hyper chat. We'll do our best to read it on the show if it's over that $5 minimum. But don't hesitate to leave a comment for less than that. Why? Because it helps us keep the lights on. We don't uh, rely on handouts from that uh, Nazi enabler, Justin Trudeau, to keep the lights on here. We rely on the support of our viewers at home. Um, but we frequently read chats that are underneath the minimum and even sometimes free chats. So um, please engage in lively conversation with each other and with us um, and enjoy your free speech while you still can. And I think that's it, David. I'll throw it back to you. Yeah. And, you know, before we get into the meat and potatoes of that extra special guest on Parliament Hill on the weekend, Eaters. Sheila, why don't we um, throw to a video? Here is an individual. He was described as a war veteran, uh, a Canadian patriot. And pst, a Nazi. No, they didn't say that part. That leaked out later. Uh, and now we have, I guess, can we call it Nazi gate, uh, Sheila? Uh, can we use that um, 
is it a suffix or yeah, it's a suffix? Nazi gate. This is a story going around yeah. the world and it has profound implications. Uh, I don't Ooh. think Russia could be happier than yeah. the fiasco that occurred. So just in case anyone's returning to Earth on a space shuttle and missed the story, why don't we throw to the video of okay, a wait. let's just Let's just set it up a little bit. Okay. So this is the man in question is a 98 year old. They've touted him as a veteran whom we should celebrate because he fought the Russians during World <laughs> War II. Because if you are historically illiterate, like liberals tend to be, um, although they haven't completely erased the history of World War II, there are some people out there who still know what World War II was about and who's who is on what side. And exactly. if you fought against the Russians, you were on the side of the Nazis. Exactly. And so the, Russia this was guy an ally. Was an ally and paid a huge price fighting on the Eastern Front, by the way, against the brutality of the Nazis. And yep. incidentally, the Waffen SS, of whom this guy was a member. So the Waffen, um, or sorry, the SS was sort of built up into broken down into two divisions. One was Hitler's personal bodyguards, and the rest were the kill squads. He was a member of the kill squad. They were known as the most fanatical um, and brutal of all the soldiers fighting on behalf yeah. of Germany. These were the ones that were deployed to kill the resistors, the Poles, the Jews, the Roma, the Catholic conscientious objectors to all to the brutality. They were the ones that went out. They killed, um, incidentally, the communists, the capitalists. Like they were, they were the kill squads. Yep. They were almost religious in their loyalty to the Führer. And this guy was trotted into the House of Commons and given a standing ovation by all parties to the shame of all parties. Yep. Because quote he fought the Russians, and so they thought that this guy would be somebody that uh, should be celebrated when Ukrainian Prime Minister Zelensky came to the House of Commons to get, I don't know, his monthly stipend from the Canadian government or whatever we're doing there. All that aside, he gets pushed out as someone who fought against Russians. And so everybody claps like train seals. And now we've got an international absolute disaster on our hands. I can't wait to see what happens with the state of Israel when everybody comes out of Yom Kippur later on today. Um, I imagine there'll be lots of horrible things said about Canada, deservedly so. But I think that is that's where we are on this this issue. Everybody should have known better. I think some people probably did know better, Christopher Freeland. Um, and Fraulein but, uh, Freeland. <laughs> Fraulein Freeland, as Ezra calls her. Um, and Karina Gould, by the way, uh, but we'll get to her in a bit. Uh, let's show the international disaster in real time. Wow. We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98.
His name is Yaroslav Hunka. And uh, I was going to say he's in the gallery, but I think you beat me to that. <laughs> but I'm very proud to say that he is from North Bay and from my riding of Nipissing to Miskaming. <laughs> he's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Thank you. You know what, Sheila, I just want to they, point out. Wait, sorry. They thanked him for his service. His yeah. service during World War II was part of an elite, brutal kill squad where the members enjoyed stealing themselves against human suffering. Look at he's sweeping the he's like, wow, I thought the Mossad were going to get me 60 years ago. But here I am in the House of Commons being celebrated. Look at this. What an absolute joke of a country we are at this point. Look at I can't even believe what I'm seeing. No, like and you can tell. Sorry, Speaker of the House, Anthony Rhoda, as he's reading that speech about 20 seconds and he starts to do the math and keeps going anyway. When well, he's like, oh, he he fought the Russians. And then he sort of pauses and keeps going. That's exactly the point I wanted to bring up when it comes to Anthony Rotten. I mean, Rhoda, uh, mentioning that he fought the Russians and he said in World War II. So to your original point, Sheila, wait a minute. That means he was fighting against one of our allies. If you said you were, he was fighting against the Russians in the Cold War or when Russia went in to invade Afghanistan in 1980, well, that's a different kettle of fish. But he's given the chronology. Russia were good guys, at least until the war ended in 1945, and everyone's clapping. Um, so did everyone in the House of Commons fail history? The other thing, Shell, I want to get to is that surely, and I'm not sure what the protocol is, but I'm sure it exists, that you have somebody coming into the House of Commons, that person is vetted, especially when you have the prime minister in the House and a foreign head of state who, as we all know, is maybe the number one assassination target in the world yeah, right now. Exactly. And you're telling me this guy wasn't triple and quadruple vetted? And I don't believe, Sheila, that no one else knew about his baggage other than Anthony Rhoda. An apology is not enough. And by the way, when we hear blackface apologize, is it going to be one of these deals that it's been a learning experience for all of us? No, not for us, for you. And also, Sheila, once upon a time, I remember in yesterday's decade, it doesn't happen anymore in the last 20 years, a somebody in government that was responsible for this fiasco would immediately fall on their sword. They would issue their resignation and that was just the way it was done. But we know that blackface cabinet ministers never, ever resign for anything. And they always give a half-hearted apology. Uh, as I said earlier, it's a, it's a learning uh, experience for all of us. So um, here's the deal. Uh, you're right. Internationally, this is um, talk about hunka is the word because we got a hunka, hunka, hunka amount of egg on our faces as Canadians and as for Canada. Uh, and as I said earlier, it, Russia 
couldn't be happier. Remember, Sheila, one of their objectives in invading Ukraine is what they call denazification of Ukraine. Now, maybe that's an exaggeration. There's, you know, Russia, sure. uh, there's Nazis hiding every hiding under every Ukrainian rock, you know, or, or not. However, when Canada brings into the House of Commons a bona fide Nazi to honor him with a standing ovation of every party. Russia is, I'll tell you what I would do if I'm Putin. I would go, you see, uh, Nazis everywhere. This is what's emboldening us to invade Ukraine. This is an absolute disgrace. This is I mean, you know, it's it's crazy, Sheila. Um, the India fiasco, the the current India fiasco, that put Chinese electoral interference so far on the back burner you couldn't even see the steam anymore. Now, uh, India fiasco has been eclipsed by this. Uh, I'm going to call it Nazi Gate, and I don't know the way out of this mess for the government. But it begins with resignations. That's how we start to unravel this, Sheila. Not just an apology. And by the way, Sheila, why is it the apologies I've seen so far? They don't mention Hunka's name. It's kind of, well, you know, there was some guy that was in that. Yeah, yeah. And that's right? His name is Hunka. Why, assuming that's his real name, um, why don't they even have the transparency to name the individual in question? Because just 48 hours ago, everybody was giving him a standing ovation. You know, it, the Russians really are taking this as a propaganda win. Oh, yeah. Uh, completely. Um, they're saying it's outrageous um, that a Ukrainian man who served in one of Adolf Hitler's Waffen SS units was presented Canada uh, to Canada's parliament last week as a hero. Um, they're not wrong, but this is a huge <laughs> propaganda win for the Russians. There's not a genocide heir that Justin Trudeau won't cozy up to. Have you noticed that? Like between China and actual Nazis, like think about how few members of the Waffen-SS are still alive. And like I said during the morning staff call, this guy should have ended up strangled on an Argentinian beach 60 years ago, Jeez. and it should have been labeled a stroke. Um, but think about how few of them left the living there are. Mm. And somehow Justin Trudeau and his people managed to find one and trot him out in front of the parliament. But this is the same government that called truckers, crypto-Nazis, yep. Hong Kong was uh, a dog whistle for the Nazis, thanks to Yara Sachs saying that, uh, another international embarrassment, by the way, Yep. Um, that if you uh, are a vaccine skeptic, if you're like, yeah, I just, I don't believe in vaccine passports, you're a Nazi. Um, if you're a member of the men's drinking club, the Proud Boys, you're a Nazi on a terrorist watch list, but somehow a member of one of Hitler's kill squads ends up in the House of Commons and everyone's like, he's a hero. He fought the, he fought the Germans. Imagine hating the, or he, he fought the Russians. Imagine hating the Russians so much that you're siding with the Nazis because that's what just happened in the House of Commons.
Yeah, no, this is uh, a fiasco on steroids. It is a uh, bona fide scandal, Sheila. And I'm just wondering, uh, in the days ahead, um, what kind of spin blackface is going to put on this? Um, uh, quite frankly, uh, it's not going to happen. I'm dreaming in Technicolor. I know that. But um, Trudeau should resign over this. And also, if he is claiming he didn't know uh, this person's CV, do you believe that, Sheila, given how Trudeau is no. someone that is a compulsive liar? Trudeau will spit in your face and say it's raining. That's how much of a liar he is. So he has no credibility uh, on this file. And like I said, this is such a disgrace. The prime minister should step down. He may as well step down. I don't know if he's reading the recent polls lately. Uh, it shows that the liberals would get creamed. So um, maybe he should finally do the right thing. But it's amazing, Sheila. If this government over the last eight years, if their mission was to destroy Canada, was to hurt the economy, was to turn Canadians uh, against each other, if they planned it, they couldn't have done it any better than what their governing record has been so far. And this is the cherry on that sordid Sunday, bringing in a goddamn Nazi into the House of Commons. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and nobody has even resigned. Like Justin Trudeau, ultimately, this goes right up to him because yeah. he met with this guy. He, this guy's daughter who is so perfectly woke. It's ridiculous, by the way. Um, one of those, like, hate has no home here, people. Um, she is, um, she, uh, I think she put a picture on her Instagram of her dad. <laughs> I'm looking at geriat <laughs> Geriatric genocide heir sitting there waiting for Trudeau. We've got Karina Gould holding his hand. Um, along with Anthony Rhoda, there's a picture that she deleted it, but the internet is forever, Karina. Um, wow. It, it's, uh, but even Rhoda hasn't resigned. Like in the before times, heads would roll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bev, Bev Oda, $16 orange juice. She's on the long walk off a short pier yep. with her career, but she, Holding hands with a Nazi, perfectly fine. Uh, Rhoda, he's still got his job as speaker. Like, he's still even the speaker. He hasn't even resigned from his role as the speaker. He's paid no consequences. And I saw somebody say something very poignant on Twitter. An apology without consequences is impunity. Mm. And that's what we're seeing here. Um, now, we've got a video of Rhoda apologizing, but again, not resigning. Um, so let's uh, let's show that if you wouldn't mind. I wish to make a brief statement. On Friday, in connection with my speech following the Ukrainian president's speech, I pointed out the presence of an individual in the gallery. It was my intention to show that the conflict between Russia and Ukraine is nothing new and that Ukrainians have unfortunately been subject to foreign aggression for far too long now and it's time it stopped. Subsequently become aware of more information which causes me to regret my decision to recognize this individual. I wish to apologize to the House 
and I'm deeply sorry that I have offended many in my, with my gestures and remarks. I would also like to add that this initiative was entirely my own. The individual in question being from my riding and having been brought to my attention, no one, including you, my fellow parliamentarians, or Ukraine, the Ukraine delegation, was privy to my remarks prior to their delivery. I'd like to thank members for their attention. So, okay, Sheila, hang on here. You know, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Go ahead, David. No, I was making notes, but I think ours are probably the same. I want to hear what you have to say. A couple things that uh, jump out. As I said earlier, suddenly Mr. Hanka is an individual, this individual, yes. um, that included, uh, or sorry, the individual in question. Hmm, who are we talking about here? Is it Pierre Polyev? I mean, this my individual. <laughs> yeah. He calls him this individual yeah. several times. Why? Because he's trying to obfuscate the identity because. If he says Mr. Hunka, then all of a sudden the internet goes, who's Mr. Hunka? And then all of a sudden you're like, Yaroslav Hunka, Waffen SS. <laughs> like he doesn't want you to be able to Google what the apology is about. That's why it's, he's being it, extra vague. It's amazing. Uh, uh, rotten. I mean, Rhoda uh, goes from uh, Colonel Klink at a state dinner lauding Hunka to Sergeant Schultz going, I know nothing. I saw nothing. And the second important point, again, he did it again. He stepped in it. He stepped in the quagmire of history uh, with the quote, conflict with Russia is um, is nothing new. Uh, you know what? In historical time, it is kind of new because we have to go back less than a century when they were our allies in the Second World War. So why is he saying that? Why is he dredging up uh, misinformation about uh, our historical re relationship with Russia or, as it was known then, uh, the Soviet Union? Well, because that's what that's the history he's remarking on the Cold War with the Soviet Union. But all that aside, he keeps talking. He said the extra information that came out about this individual. Excuse him. Why? What extra information is that? <laughs> that Yaroslav Hunka was a volunteer for the Waffen SS, the elite kill squad of the Nazis um, that is accused of some pretty Awful atrocities as though there is anything but an awful atrocity against the Poles. And so now Poland is mad at us, too. And again, rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, it's kind of like, we're so sorry. We didn't know this guy had a little bit of baggage on his CV. Oh, really? Well, like outstanding parking tickets. Uh, he got a speeding ticket like Fraulein Freeland when she was in Alberta, something like that. Uh, oh, no, it turns out he was a Nazi. Oh, I see. Thank you so much. You know, um, Sheila, the big question is, I don't know if, the, and by the way, I don't know if there'll be an inquiry into this. Probably not, because that's how uh, blackface rolls. But I would like to know who knew what when, because I'm not believing that uh, Rhoda is the well, only one. Uh, blackface is throwing him under the bus. Uh, nothing new there, but I'm not buying that. Efron or Olivia, whoever's in studio right now, I'm sorry. I wish I knew. Can you go back to that Wikipedia page? I know Wikipedia is not the best source of inf information, but it's hyperlinked. So... In the early 2000s, okay, so it says 
He remained active in Waffen-SS veteran circles there and maintained a blog on the internet where, in the early 2010s, he described the years of 1941 to 1943 as the happiest years of his life. Please click through on the uh, source links there. What is it? Six and nine? Wow. Let's see. And we kind of know, Aishila, what was happening in Europe between 1941 and 1943. And uh, he describes that as his version of uh, The Sound of Music. Unbelievable. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, let's go to, um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how credible that is because it is a very recently uh, created Wikipedia page. But I'm going to poke around on that a little bit later and see what the old way back machine has to tell your buddy <laughs> Sheila about this guy's history. Um, but, you know, the relief on that man's face where he's like, whew, the Mossad never got me. And here, and here I am getting a standing ovation in the Canadian House of Commons. Um, let's go to Liberal MP Karina Gould, whom I'm doing a video on today because the things that she has done and said have just been so atrocious over the years. Yeah. Um, Liberal MP Karina Gould apologizes for meeting personally and participating in the standing ovation of the SS um, officer, Yaroslav Hunka. Um, but the reason she's apologizing for it is because the internet grabbed her Instagram post before she could send it down the memory hole of her own catastrophe forever. That's why she's apologizing. She tried to pretend like this didn't happen. And after we watch this, I'll tell you why this is so atrocious from Gould who really should have known better. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, for that apology. I have to say, though, uh, as a parliamentarian, as a Canadian of Jewish origin, as a descendant of Holocaust survivors whose majority of her family walked in to Auschwitz-Birkenau, and only my grandfather and his brother walked out, that I think this hurt all of us in Parliament. And I'll say that personally, I feel particularly hurt by this. I would say that as parliamentarians, we place our trust in you. There are many times when we recognize people in the gallery and we do so on your good advice and your good offices. And all of us here did that in the chamber on Friday because we trusted you on that. I think this unfortunate situation has been deeply embarrassing for Canada's parliament. Yeah. I think it's been deeply embarrassing for Canada. And I think it was deeply embarrassing for the president of the Ukraine who came here in friendship, who came here because we are a strong ally and who came here because he trusted Canadians. I appreciate that this was your, that you're taking responsibility because this was your um, initiative and you have confirmed that neither the government of Canada nor the Ukrainian delegation had any prior knowledge to this individual being invited to the house or that he would be recognized. However, 
given this deeply embarrassing situation, I think for all of us as parliamentarians on all sides, I think it is very important that we collectively work together to strike this recognition from the record. And I will work with my colleagues to do that. To all those who have loved ones that were in the Holocaust, to Jewish Canadians, today being Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar, a day of atonement, a day to prepare for the year ahead. We stand with you in this. We recognize this was a deeply hurtful moment. And many of us in this chamber feel that hurt acutely. I want to please ask all colleagues, particularly those in the Conservative Party of Canada, to make sure that we do not politicize this issue. We don't oh think it God. helps anybody. I think we need to make sure Give me a break. that we move forward, recognize this mistake, and stand in solidarity together to reiterate our commitment to Jewish Canadians, but also to Ukrainian Canadians and the people who are fighting for freedom for peace and for justice in Ukraine right now. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'm going to wow. vibrate out of my chair. Um, <laughs> Politicized. So she gets to the end of it and says, hey, conservatives, be nice to us. Don't attack us on this catastrophic mistake that yeah. we made. What in the hell is wrong with this woman? But, you know, it, she the reason I am so outraged with her holding hands with that Nazi is because that woman should know better. Mm -hmm. She just said, my grandparents were in Auschwitz. Guess who rounded up the people and took yeah. them to Auschwitz? Guess who did that? Guess, guess, wild guess. Maybe it was the Waffen SS that yeah. took some of the political opponents there. If they didn't kill them first in uh, firing squads. But if you were lucky enough to escape the firing squad, then they took you to, guess what? Auschwitz. And yet, not only that, so she doesn't even know her own history. Yep. This woman, if she had a shred of integrity, should have, should have resigned in disgust with herself. I, with herself, by the way. She should be disgusted with herself. And then... Did you know her parents met in, on a kibbutz in Israel? Her, that's where her parents met. I, I can't believe the ignorance of her own history that this woman has when they say, this guy fought the Russians in World War II and she doesn't know who was doing the fighting against the Russians? Let me hold your hand. How do you not know that little about your family history when your family history is that tragic? I'm, I'm just... I'm embarrassed for her. If she were a woman of integrity, she would say, look, what happened here? I cannot abide. I realize I'm part of the problem. It's time for me to go. Instead, she stands there and blames Rhoda, who deserves a lot of the blame. And she said, I, I put my trust in you. To what? Do the thinking for you? <laughs> Give me a break, lady. And Sheila, this whole idea of uh, let's not play politics uh, with this issue. When it comes to the politics regarding this scandal, I'll tell you who could be 
a big time agent for change. And yes, it would be self-serving, which is all the more reason why he should do it. And that's Jagmeet Singh. He needs to go and have a meeting with the prime minister. And he has to say, this cannot stand. Rhoda's got to go at the very least. And uh, what's in it for uh, Jugmeet? Well, there are three other people on standby with different parties, including the NDP, to be the next speaker. And he could say, listen, uh, get rid of Rhoda. Uh, we'll vote along with you for the NDP candidate. And suddenly we have an NDP speaker in the House, which would be very good uh, for Mr. Singh. Um, so I wonder if that is going to play out in the days ahead, Sheila. You know, Olivia whispers in my ear that we have the NDP clip. So let's play that, okay. if you wouldn't mind. Thank you. The members of parliament who lost family members to Nazism. Two members of my family, my uncle and my grandfather, whose names are commemorated on the Cenotaph in New Westminster, BC, are part of the scars of this history. These same members of parliament feel betrayed right now, as do members of the Jewish community and of other communities who are victims of the horrific violence of the Nazis. In many ways, the speaker is the face of this house and represents our joint commitment to democratic institutions and principles. The speaker has to be above reproach in that role. Although we appreciate the apology made by the speaker yesterday and in his statement today, we regretfully and sadly say that that's not enough. Unforgivable error, which puts the entire house in disrepute. And unfortunately, I believe a sacred trust has been broken. It's for that reason, for the good of the institution of the House of Commons that I say Sadly, I don't believe you can continue in this role. Regrettably, I must respectfully ask that you step aside. I ask for the good of Parliament that you step down from the role of Speaker. Wait a minute. Do, do uh, I agree for that with... Comment. Do I agree with Peter Julian on something? Like, I don't agree with his preamble whatsoever. But I do agree with the fact that Rhoda needs to step down. He is still the speaker for some reason. What I don't agree on is uh, the idea that Rhoda misled the House of Commons into thinking that this guy was some innocent dove yep. of a veteran. Are you people dumber than I think you are? Like, I don't have a very high opinion of parliamentarians. I used to think, like in my more naive younger days, that these were sort of the smartest people in the room and they really understand the processes and, and optics and all those things. And the more I know politicians, the less uh, of a high opinion I have of them. I think they're absolute idiots. They would jump off a bridge if Rhoda told them to, I guess so, because we just so trust him. He's the forward face of the commons. No, you guys, if somebody says, um, this guy fought the Russians, one of you should have said, oh, mm, mm, who is fighting the Russians? Nobody even thought that. Nobody even, not, nobody thought that? I guess so. I guess they're just that dumb. It's like they're drones. And I, it's, they are dumber than I think they are. That's what I learned. Sheila, I think on this issue, and maybe I stand to be proven wrong, 
but it's only a matter of a day or two or three before blackface uh, demands the resignation of Rhoda, for, for self-serving reasons, to make this go away, to say to the opposition, okay, look, uh, he's gone, okay, are, are, are you happy now? Um, I think it's only a matter of time uh, because this is going to continue to fester. This is getting international headlines, our audience should know. Yeah. This is being talked about over the world and it's with a degree of uh, revulsion and uh, morbid laughter if you will. They can't believe uh, blackface could be this stupid. So let's see what happens. This story is not over by a long shot. We're way over for our first ad, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed. So yes. why don't we take an ad and we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Thank you. Yeah, great. Come on out November 25th. It's all aboard the Freedom Train in Niagara-on-the-Lake. You can check Rebel News for updates and also the Freedom Passport site. Tamara Leach, who led the Truckers' Convoy, will be sharing the stage with some of the finest international recording artists, like the Chops Horns from New York City, who's played with Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Plus, New World Sun, just off a European tour, and the legendary R&B master, Leroy Emanuel. Get on the Freedom Train with Tamara Leach. Saturday, November 25th at Niagara-on-the-Lake Central Community Center, 680 York Road. Get your tickets today at freedompassport.ca. The Freedom Train is coming. Know your rights. Know your freedoms. Hey, Ben Shapiro here. This November, the Wilberforce Project is bringing me to Canada. If you want to fight the woke machine destroying families, join me in Calgary for my talk, hosted by the Wilberforce Project. Go to benshapirolive.ca for info and tickets. You know, Sheila, I couldn't help but notice in that great Tamara Leach uh, ad, all those Nazis in their trucks with hockey sticks displaying swastikas. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean... Canadian maple leaf flags. Ooh, the remember how they were vilified and demonized? You know what? Let's go to that. We have a clip, naturally, because the internet never forgets and neither does Rebel News. Uh, let's go to that. Um, by the way, those of you at home, if you want to sign our petition to get rid of Speaker Rhoda, uh, go to fireroda.com and uh, one of us will do the absolute pleasure of delivering that to where it needs to go, the speaker's office, Rhoda's office, the prime minister's office. Um, I will fight whatever Rebel News journalist tries to take that petition away from me because I, will, I do, I want to personally deliver it. It will come to fisticuffs, that's all I'm saying. So it's at fireroda.com. But in the meantime, Let's go to video flashback from 2022. Justin Trudeau claims the world was shocked. Shocks, I tell you, at um, <laughs> hateful imagery taking place at the Freedom Convoy. Some, <laughs> some absolute plant um, unfurled a swastika flag and then disappeared forever. Yep. Isn't that weird? And only, only a mainstream media journalist was there to see it all happen. Now, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but that sure sounds like a conspiracy to paint the convoy in a certain manner. And boy, Justin Trudeau was there to make sure it happened. And so um, he claims the world was shocked at that planted Earlier flag. this Let's year, our country watch. and people around the world were shocked and dismayed <laughs> to see Nazi imagery displayed in our Shots. nation's capital. 
for the Jewish community and for all Canadians. Those images were deeply disturbing. But sadly, of course, this wasn't a standalone instance. Jewish people are encountering threats and violence more and more, both online and in person. This troubling resurgence of anti-Semitism cannot and will not be ignored. Earlier this year, yeah, well, Blackface is right when he talks about the rise in anti-Semitism, uh, Sheila, yeah. but it wasn't coming from the Freedom Convoy. Yeah. The phone calls coming from inside the house, brother. Yeah. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's go to our next video flashback. Back. I know we're, we got lots to talk about. We're, I'm trying to hustle us along, David. I'm sorry. Um, video flashback. Justin Trudeau accuses Melissa Lanceman of supporting people waving swastikas. Uh, because she was supportive of the Freedom Convoy newsflash. Melissa Lanceman, Jewish. Anyway, anyways, <laughs> let's, let's watch this. So, Mr. Speaker, when did the Prime Minister lose his way? When did it happen? You're right, Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastika. So, Mr. Speaker... <laughs> Right. This guy <laughs> brought a Nazi into the House of Commons. Not just any old Nazi. Waffen SS one. Again, someone I think should have been uh, executed by the Mossad, I don't know, 65 years ago. But uh, he wasn't. He lived a comfortable life into old age in Speaker Rhoda's riding which is, I don't know how the heck that happened to start. That's a real injustice, yeah. by the way. Then he gets honored. And these are the people, he gets honored by the people who paint everybody as Nazis. And so I guess, I guess after you do that so many times, the edge comes off the knife, doesn't it? The sting comes right off the word to the point where you're just giving them a standing ovation. What a fiasco. Isn't it amazing? You know, there's this psychological condition, Sheila, called projection, where you project your faults, your psychosis on other people. But meanwhile, you're the one who is harboring them. And that's the case with blackface when it comes to Nazis, isn't it? Everyone's a Nazi. Everyone's a friend of a Nazi. There's swastikas waving everywhere. But he's the one on his watch that brings a bona fide Nazi into the House of Commons. Huh. When you know it. Um, let's uh, let's uh, also on the same sort of issue that Karina Gould was talking about. I called her Karina Gould several times today already. <laughs> um, but she admonished the conservatives. Let's not make this a partisan issue. Yeah. Why we did this thing. Like uh, once again, it's like Justin Trudeau. He does the thing and we all deal with the lesson. Uh, Mark Miller, a liberal MP, uh, he's also saying that there's a sharp difference between getting to the bottom of an unacceptable incident and using it to fundraise by spreading venomous falsehoods. Uh, we won't take this bait of falsehood, Mr. Polyev. You can't you see the liberals are the victims and the conservatives are the opportunists here. 
according to these idiots who don't know when to shut their yaps. If you were a liberal MP right now, would you not be like radio silent? Like <laughs> wanting to make sure that nobody knew your name, your voice, nothing. These whack-a-mole morons keep popping their heads up to uh, defend the absolute unacceptable and making the conservatives the bad guys right now. But you know what? I'd sure like to know what one particular Toronto Liberal MP has to say about this, and that is indeed Yara Sachs. Uh, she said remember something. Pardon she me? She said something. She did say something. Oh. I think it's on her Twitter account. I missed um, it. Now, in fairness, it is the Jewish holiday, so she might have been sort of radio silent, but she definitely clapped. She oh, definitely no. clapped, so... Yeah, but, you know, Sheila, this is the one who did say that Hong Kong, Hong Kong. is an, and this, these are our own words, I'm quoting verbatim, is an acronym, no, a, a blast of sonic noise is not an acronym, you idiot, but is an acronym for Heil Hitler. And meanwhile, we have somebody who is working for Hitler way back when, <laughs> uh, right on her side of the house coming into the oh, yeah. uh, to parliament. Uh, I, I don't care if it's a Jewish holiday. She should get off her keister and start apologizing. Well, and let's let's be clear here. If you're in the Waffen SS, you were not gang pressed into service. You volunteered oh, yeah. for that. You volunteered to be part of the most extreme parts of the most extreme ideology that's ever walked the face of the earth. You volunteered for that. It's not like he was just some sort of child soldier torn between two sides and wanting to find a way to survive the war um no he, he definitely chose this um anyways this is her comment uh this is why holocaust this is my favorite uh the speaker acknowledges and apologized this is why holocaust education and remembrance continues <laughs> to be so important yeah, especially for you, because so, you clapped for this guy. And the people, then these people spent two years, three years calling a Nazi, me, <laughs> for some reason. We knew who the bad guy was, not them. I yeah. don't need to be educated. You do. No, Sheila, when she says this, she is meaning our government honoring a Nazi in the House of Commons. That's what she means by this. No, no, no. This. Yeah. This thing. We can't yeah, talk know, this. about it. This thing. This is of your own doing. Unbelievable. Yeah. These people. Uh, <laughs> Olivia, do we want to hit another ad break before we go into Justin Trudeau losing his marbles one more time? <laughs> oh, we're okay. Oh, we keep going? We're, we're okay, clear. Perfect. Okay, perfect. So let's go into this next clip. Um, Justin Trudeau. Uh, we've titled it Unhinged, and I think that might be <laughs> kind. Um, Justin Trudeau is completely off the rails screaming. <laughs> we will and have to stand every single day until Ukraine wins this war. Uh, I don't know if that's possible. I think there's probably a diplomatic solution here before we yeah. just throw more young men on the bonfire of uh, a war um, that seems unwinnable. Um, anyways... Let's show his uh, his video, and then I'll tell you why this unhinged rant is so insincere. 
To continue to step up as Canada has with close to $9 billion in aid for Ukraine. But we will because the cost on Canadians, on our lives, on our world will be so much greater if Putin wins this war that we will and have to stand every single day until Ukraine wins this war. The stakes are high for Canadians. The stakes are high for Ukrainians. The stakes are high for all of us around the world. This is a moment where we define ourselves for the rest of the 21st century. Did we stand up against authoritarianism? Did we stand up against those who choose to break the rules around the world? Do we stand up for what is right? We are Canadian. Of course we're going to stand up for what's right. To continue. Okay, you know what that reminds me of? And, uh, sorry, David, to cut you off. I no have to make this joke. So do you remember on The Office when Dwight wins the award or something and he gives the, like, blood alone speech where he paraphrases Mussolini and he's, like, banging <laughs> on the thing and ranting? That is what that reminds me of. You know what? I wouldn't put it past blackface to uh, paraphrase Mussolini. He might not know Mussolini's baggage either. Uh, but, you know, tell me, Sheila, what was the venue for that? Because once again, I couldn't help notice blackface, the part-time drama teacher, doing the three things he always does when he's addressing a... Uh, there's, there's your clip you're talking about. Blood alone. Uh, blood alone moves the wheels of history. Phrases Mussolini and look, it is exactly <laughs> guys in the office. Let's cut that side by side with yeah. Justin Trudeau's uh, rant. We and have what a coincidence! To. He's he's wearing a brown shirt, uh, no less. But um, you notice the three things: um, no tie, no jacket, the shirt sleeves rolled up. Was that at a trade union? That's, you know, blackface's modus operandi whenever he speaks to, you know, real working men and women uh, that get their hands dirty, you know, the blue collar set, uh, because otherwise he doesn't usually uh, dovetail to that. Or is that him uh, kind of like that iconic um, U.S. war effort um, poster, Rosie the Riveter, you know, we can do it. <laughs> we, we can defeat the Russian. Oh, you won't see blackface out on the front, though. No, 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 no. He's too busy cutting checks of Canadian taxpayer money for Zelensky. But um, like I said, Sheila, where, who was he addressing in that clip? I have no idea. But he stood there bragging about sending $9 billion to a foreign war while Canadians can't afford housing, Homeownership is out of reach. Yep. They can't afford groceries. We're hit yep. with 30 to 50% food inflation. He's adding to the carbon tax all the time. And he is bragging about giving $9 billion of our dollars to a foreign war where we really have no interest in other than, like me, being anti-invasion. Like, I'm anti-invasion. I think yeah. just don't, like, don't invade. Um, but I, he says also... If we don't continue to do this, the cost will be too great for Canadians. I don't know. We're $9 billion into it. Like, what is the cost to Canadians? No one's ever explained that to me. And that if Russia wins, what is the cost <clears throat> to Canadians? Well, how about this, Sheila? You recall several months ago when the heads of state of Japan and Germany 
came cap in hand to Canada begging for liquefied natural gas, it would yeah. have totaled two-thirds of a trillion with a T, trillion dollars. Well, you know, that would have covered uh, the war effort in uh, Ukraine in terms of uh, Canadian financial wherewithal. But uh, Blackface said there was no business case. Do you remember that, Sheila? Because I guess yeah. our coffers are overflowing. We don't have a deficit. We don't have a debt. And we can continue to cut checks for billions of dollars to, I'm sorry, uh, you know, and I'll get a lot of heat from this from... Uh, uh, Ukrainians, I suppose. I really don't think this is a war Ukraine can win. I am very hopeful it's of a not. diplomatic solution, but you are dealing with a nuclear superpower. And um, I'm sorry when blackface is, uh, you know, predicting a Ukraine victory. Uh, this is dreaming in technicolor, Sheila. Yeah, this is uh, it's the new Vietnam, isn't mm. it? It's a proxy war with Russia and the yeah. West, and they're doing it on Canadian or on Ukrainian soil. And Ukrainian men and women and children are paying for their the West proxy war with their lives. And again, I say Sad. I'm anti-invasion. I'm from the most Ukrainian part of the country. I get why this is so tragic for so many Canadians, but I, I think we have to be uh, realistic here. Um, uh, we should jump ahead. Um, oh, sorry. I want to tell you why that's so insincere. I wrote it up this morning. Guess what today is for Justin Trudeau? Half a day, personal day. <laughs> so, <laughs> private meetings. He's a ranting unhinged um, because we're going to just keep shipping money off to an unwinnable war. Um, and uh, also there's that whole you invited a Nazi to the House of Commons thing that maybe a normal person might go to work and try to deal with. But his morning today was consumed with private meetings, I guess, with Cheetos, underpants and Netflix, probably. You know, and in the afternoon, he's meeting with NDP Premier David Eby. Th that's amazing. Today is September 25th, Sheila. And in five days, it will be a holiday for federal employees. I guess you can call blackface that. Uh, don't think he'll go surfing uh, like he did a couple of years ago. But he already needs a holiday in advance of another holiday that's going to happen in five days. And this you know, steaming garbage dumpster of scandal that occurred over the weekend. Uh, he can't change his schedule to address this. No, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, is it? No, <laughs> like, I guess we not. say it's, it's unbelievable. But I mean, like we're like uh, 72 hours into a Nazi in the House of Commons. So I'm not sure if anything that this government does at this point is unbelievable. Um Let's jump ahead because we're already towards the end of the day. Well, oh, not the end of the day, end of the show. I don't know about end you, of the show. Sheila Gunry. I still have like a full. I'm not buggering off work. Eleven hours. I have got eleven hours left at this desk. I'm not Olivia a CRA Lee. employee. Yeah, no, we don't work for the feds. Um, we uh, we um, uh, Olivia whispers in my ear. We have Justin Trudeau's reaction to the Nazi in the House of Commons. So oh, somebody geez. caught this <laughs> deer in the headlights in the hallway. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, I, we're gonna react. I haven't seen this yet, so let's react to it together. Obviously it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and by extension to all Canadians. 
I think particularly no, of no. Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine, uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war against it. Boy, does he sound and look like a defeated man in that clip. He looks pale, Sheila. Um, and so he should. So again, that adds fodder to what I was just saying a second ago. Don't take the day off. Get on this file. Make Do something, i.e. in demanding at the very least the resignation of Rhoda, because you know, Blackface himself, he'll never take accountability. He'll never take the blame. He won't be the GOAT. He isn't going to resign. But somebody's head should roll for this. I like how he sort of flipped it around on the Russians at the end there. Like this, he's like, blah, blah, blah. This is deeply embarrassing um, for the parliament, by extension, all Canadians. No, I'm no. embarrassed of you. I didn't invite uh, a Nazi. In fact, we're the ones outraged about it. We're the ones that noticed you did it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't 40 notice. million Canadians that were responsible for this fiasco. Once again, they do something bad. We have to learn from yeah. it. Um, but they flip. He flips it around on the Russians. Like this is this is why we have to resist Russian propaganda yeah. and Russian disinformation. The Russians didn't make you do this. You did it because you're an idiot. Um, but again, like there has to be this big Russian boogeyman pulling the strings, making the liberals do stupid stuff all the time. I don't yeah. know how he had to shoehorn that in there, but he sure did. And the media is going to eat it up. The Russians could only dream about pulling off a caper like this, Sheila, but they had oh, blackface to do it and uh, rotten uh, as well. So uh, again, uh, I think it's only a matter of time because this is not going to go away. This is not one of these 24-hour or 48-hour news cycle uh, scandals. Uh, given the international traction it's getting, uh, they have they can't do their usual. Um, you know, tactics, Sheila, in terms of changing the channel. Although I wouldn't put that past them, you know, coming up with some new grant they're going to give uh, Canadians to uh, deal with inflation or something like that. But it's not going to work. This is not going to go away. And someone's got to pay the price. But Sheila, as you said, we are I, already past two. Wait, there's one more, oh, one yes, more thing ahead. I have, because there's one more story that I want to point out. We'll just breeze right past it. Um, but again, I reiterate, I cannot wait for Yom Kippur to be over in Israel <laughs> because that's going to be one heck of a statement, uh, scorching Justin Trudeau. But uh, let's talk about the CBC for a second yeah. and the National Post, might I add. So the National Post reports today, uh, CBC's real estate portfolio valued at over $400 million, according to uh, order paper question or order paper documents released late last week. Okay, I like Brian Pasifum, by the way, very much. He's one of the good ones over at National Post. But he's a few days late, isn't he? Um, so uh, this is a story I covered last week when the mm. documents first came out. Because one of my biggest stresses in a day when the order paper dumps come into the House of Commons is, 
how do I neglect all my other duties to write these up before A, the National Post, B, before Western Standard, and C, although I list them third, they are the most important one because they're the best at this, black locks. And you know what? Sheila beat them. Last week, I wrote it up for the website. um, And... uh, very proud of myself anyways, but uh, National Post getting, getting all that extra money <laughs> and they show up four days late, even though I really like Brian. So uh, there it is. Give yourself um, a Barry Horowitz pat on the back, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Yeah. Do and it. so the actually the pat real. Pat yourself okay. on the back. <laughs> Thank hey! you. But Sheila, can I just say one thing about the CBC uh, real estate portfolio? And I have been saying this. For decades, case in point, they're downtown Toronto, Taj Mahal. It's right across from the Sky Dome where the Blue Jays play. It is primo, primo real estate. I have always said this, Sheila, if the CBC has to be a fact of life, and hopefully under a Polyev government that we won't have to worry about that. But if it was, tear that structure down, put up an enormous retail uh, condo office uh, skyscraper in which the CBC leases, say, the first seven floors for all their broadcast endeavors. And they could probably take care of that more than a billion a year that we fund the CBC with in terms of the rental. I mean, that no, is I've a No, I've got complete... a better plan. I've okay. got a better plan. <laughs> okay. Tear it down, build a skyscraper, give the CBC the first seven floors. Sure, I'm fine with that. Put low-income housing above it. <laughs> As high oh, as no, 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 the no. eye can see. <laughs> yes. But um, that's a waste anyways, of space, Sheila. That is a waste of space. There's sure your funding is. problem solved. But And I can't believe this hasn't been asked of them. You know, that is an, an incredible, enormous, prime downtown Toronto real estate footprint. Make use of it. But no, 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 no. We like our Taj Mahal just the way it is. And besides, we get all that taxpayer welfare. We don't have to worry about doing uh, things outside the box, so to speak. So let's just go real quick back to the story that I wrote up because Brian, again, I like Brian over at National Post. Uh, but he missed the crux of that story. And oh. if you had gone through those documents the way I had, the point was CBC. Okay, so we figure out that they own four hundred and forty-two uh, billion dollars in real estate, or four hundred forty-two million. I'm sorry, in real estate. However, they also lease an infinitely larger number of spaces across the country, and they refuse to divulge the cost of those leases. They just flatly refuse to. How are um, they allowed to do that? I don't know. They just said they're not gonna. The, oh. I actually I put it in the in the uh, story. They said it would hurt competitiveness or something like that. Competitiveness. And, yeah, the CBC uh, of all using that excuse of all corporations. But anyways, yeah. That so we they own like there's only like this many of like places that they own, and then everything else is leased. And it's all in like itty bitty backwater places, by and large, no offense if you live there, because I'm from the backwaters <laughs> too. I'm not uppity about that. Um, but the, these are like local news stations that A, nobody listens to, and B, they probably don't actually use them. They just use the wire feed, right? And so um, it's a lot of wasted money um, but that they wouldn't divulge where it's going. But Sheila, you know, the very fact that the CBC 
to use competitiveness as a reason. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going back, you know, several years ago, because now the mainstream media is also getting uh, federal uh, welfare. But before when they didn't, just think about that. If you and I had our own private broadcast outlet, we are paying taxes. And part of that tax money is going to the CBC, aka our competitor, to compete against us. So the competitiveness issue is not the CBC being hurt. Private broadcasters, until very recently, were the ones uh, getting hurt by the fact that they're propping up the national propaganda broadcasters. So for them to use the competitive argument, oh, that is rich. Yeah, so if uh, they have... Uh... They refused to divulge the value of 80, 80 leased properties across the country because it represents, quote, commercially sensitive and protected information. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah. Liars. The CBC canceled eight long-term leases in the 2022 fiscal year, five in Canada, two in Russia, and one in Beijing. So anyways, the liars. They own 12 properties across the country. Um, 442 million, we should just liquidate those uh, when we sell the CBC one day. I'm dreaming big. But it's the 80 leases that really troubled me and their refusal to produce that information for some ridiculous reason. And, you know, Sheila, when you look at their numbers, for all the money we shovel at them and the return on investment we get, it is so lacking. You know, I mean, yeah. really... What do you think the core fan base of CBC News is these days? 50,000 people? Like, seriously. That, it's grandparents who don't know how to use their remote control. <laughs> Honestly, young people, the one good thing that you can do for the state of this country yeah. um, is to teach your grandparents how to use their remote control yeah. so that they they can watch <laughs> curling if they want um, and they can watch Murdoch Mysteries but also something different that isn't brainwashing them. Please, young people, do it for the future of this country. Teach your grandparents how to use your remote controls. There is Sheila Gunn-Reed's gift to last. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's... Uh, I see um, now some Jewish organizations have woken up and they're starting to condemn Good. Justin Trudeau, including Sija, sort of. Um, where's the Sija tweet? Um yeah, we're deeply troubled and disturbed. Um, anyways, so I'm glad somebody's saying something. But uh, where is the calls for resignations? Where's the calls for accountability? Nobody's being accountable right now. Nobody's been held accountable for this whatsoever. What do you think is the unspoken strategy behind that, Sheila? Why aren't these organizations saying we demand the resignation of X, even the prime minister, if need be? What, what's going on there? Sorry, what? I'm just trying to figure out why they aren't demanding the resignation of anyone. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, because they are getting government funding, right? And you don't want to be right. you don't, you don't want to get any... full you know what. 
No, it's the same reason that it took uh, the Canadian media over 24 hours to report on this. Um, and only after the international media was like, what the heck is going on up in Canada? Um, then all of a sudden, our mainstream media comes to life because it becomes something they can't ignore. Um, it, it's government funding. It contaminates everything. And Ezra did a fantastic job over the weekend, too, uh, Sheila, explaining what the issue is. He was right out of the gate on this uh, on yeah. uh, Twitter or X. What do we call it now? Form X formerly Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I'm still I, calling I, it Twitter. I know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, I think Ezra le led the pack on this issue. For sure. For sure he did. Um, how many impressions did he get there, guys? 3.1 million impressions wow. on his tweet. Yeah, look at those. The retweets and likes. Like, it's just, um, it's insane. Excellent. And, Excellent. Yeah. And yet they call us not real journalists. And I got National Post stealing my story three days later and Ezra really leading the charge on drilling down on the journalism about who and what Yaroslav Hunko was and is and what he did and what he got away with. Incredible. Anyways, we've got one uh, one chat and then we've got to wrap it up because I, right. uh, I got a busy day. Very busy day. Um, from AMT60 gives us five bucks and says, so... Pierre Polyev collapsed like a seal to this Nazi and yet said forced three of his MPs to apologize for meeting EUMEP Christine Anderson, calling her a Nazi. Christine is not a Nazi. She's for freedom. That is true. You make an excellent point. Um, Christine Anderson, when she came to Canada, the mainstream media and the liberals, but I repeat myself there, accused her of being a Nazi. Christine is a German MEP, member of the European Parliament. She's an elected official. And by the way, it's illegal to be a Nazi in Germany. Yep. So they were accusing her of being a crime, apropos of absolutely nothing, just because they didn't like her, just because she doesn't like Justin Trudeau. And Pierre Polyev, uh, in a sign of weakness. Oh, by the way, she met with um, Leslie Lewis, a black woman. Uh, I don't know many neo-Nazis who would meet with a black woman, um, member of the Canadian Parliament, but whatever. That didn't stop uh, Pierre Polyev in an absolute show of weakness, uh, forcing his MPs to apologize for meeting with Christine Anderson. Um, so now, again, you move the needle on who and what a Nazi is until it means absolutely nothing. And then a real Nazi shows up and it's hard to be outraged now, isn't it? You know, Sheila, when it comes to Pierre Polyev and the Conservative Party, I'm like that kid in um, the Polar Express. Uh, you know, he's taken on a train ride to the North Pole meeting Santa Claus, but he's a skeptic. And he really wants to believe, he's trying to believe it's all true that there's a Santa Claus and there's all these elves making toys, uh, but he's having enormous difficulty in believing. And I will tell you, Pierre Polyev, I think, is saying all the right things. But as AMT sure. uh, pointed out, uh, that was horrible, uh, calling Christine Anderson that. What was even more horrible, Sheila, in this unforced error was the fact that what greased the wheels was liberal bagman Warren Kinsella reaching out to the disgraced Brian Lilly of the Toronto Sun to reach out to Polyev to do that apology. I mean, are you kidding? That's who is leading you around by the nose like you're some circus donkey? The second unforced error 
was him saying, uh, remember the fellow, I think it was at the stampede that uh, posed beside him with, there are only two genders, and some mainstream media person said, uh, do you believe that? And he said, no. Um, I think he should have said yes, because there are only two genders. And finally, the third unforced error, uh, because we do call them as we see them here at Rebel News, was last Wednesday, Sheila, for the, the Million March for Children, when there was a gag order issued, I understand, forbidding any conservative MP to weigh in on what was then the biggest news story in Canada, all these protests from coast to coast. So it is paining me to see these kind of errors being made, because when you take that away, all the other things Pierre Polyev is saying are winning policy planks. I just wish he wouldn't shoot his his uh, his feet uh, at the behest of mainstream media propagandists and the enemy side. That's all I got to say. Never underestimate a conservative's ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. It's sad. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, breaking it's my heart. I know. I know. You know, we're we're cheering for someone to unseat. Uh, Justin Trudeau, just for the sake of the reputation of this country. But um, if you learned anything from Alberta, it has to be a real conservative offering, a real alternative to do it. Otherwise, there's really no reason for anybody to switch their vote to plant it with you. Anyways, 100%. And by the way, for all the negative nabobs out there who are saying, why are you attacking the conservatives? You what? You want blackface to have another four years? no. Give us reasons to love the conservatives, but we are not their uh, public relations outlet. We're a media outlet and we like to call them as we see them. And when he does good, we'll say that. And when he does bad, like the three examples I gave, then we're going to call that out too. It's just the nature of our beast here, isn't it, Sheila? That's right. Uh, we're in the pocket of nobody. Um, let's, uh, we've got a couple more chats. Oh, They're just okay. rolling in. We've got uh, Snowy Roof gives us five bucks. Surprising when Putin offered to restart the peace talks and NATO and Biden vetoed it. Is that surprising? Mm. Is it surprising to you? <laughs> Is it not, not even a little bit surprising to me, actually. Yep. Uh, Jenna and Joes, or Jenna and Jose, uh, gives us five bucks. Uh, you guys are the best. Can you please tell us what size t-shirt the incredible David Menzies wears? <laughs> I'm going to say it to XL. Am I right? Yes, you are yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like. I probably can get away with an XL, but I, you know, I, I like the the looseness. You know. You, well, and I think you probably wear those um, prosthetic boobs in your spare time. <laughs> oh, you think a double XL covers those things? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never had to dress around those, so I don't know. No, you um, put a double XL shirt on those things, Sheila. You're going to look like the <laughs> She-Hulk in mid-transformation. Okay. Wow. Uh, anyways, uh, Jenna and Jose and where to send it. We have a gorgeous T-shirt for you. Cheers oh. from the mighty Alberta. So you wow. can, if you send it to the Rebel News physical mailing address like our p.o box it will end up in the hands of the beautiful david menzies wherein he i promise i will make him wear it on camera and i will jen and joe jose that that is wonderful how do you like that sheila christmas in september can you imagine i still have to get you your camp crystal lake shirt even though yeah, i got you one last it? year 
I left it with the Quebec team and it never got into the right hands. Yeah, now I have to find... But you know what? The next meeting, please wear that so the audience know what you're talking about. It, it is like the best sweatshirt I've seen in years. <laughs> and Sheila, because she's that kind hearted folk, she went out with her own cash money, bought me one. Did. Gave it to, uh, well, we won't mention the other rebel's name. It was supposed to get to me uh, via that courier. Uh, funny, it never showed up. <laughs> Somebody somewhere is wearing that beautiful garment. So if you can uh, track that down. But it's uh, it, it features um, Jason Voorhees, the goalie mask wearing <laughs> serial killer of Camp Crystal Lake. And Sheila, you told me in Dubai it's got all kinds of merit badges on there. Yeah, it's got all the merit badges like canoeing. <laughs> And there's like he's reaching out of the lake to like pull the canoe and like archery, and it's like him shooting somebody and like camp camping, and it's like somebody being tossed around in a sleeping bag. Like it's uh, it's the best. It's the most brilliant sweatshirt I've seen. So I would love to take possession of that uh, as well. Yeah. Well, um, Sheila, I have we to find it the, again. Uh, no, we're not. They oh, just more. keep coming, okay. and we're like approaching way past the hour. Uh, we've got uh, memory hole gives us ten bucks. Says I put the blame squarely on the shoulder of Stephen Harper. Yes, I'm surprised the Liberals have not blamed Stephen Harper for this. That was obviously a facetious comment. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure it was. <laughs> and Bill CF7 gives us five bucks. That clip of Polyev was videotaped by a Liberal MP for not clapping hard enough. That is Twitter's punching bag, Mark Garrickson, um, who is, uh, you know, every time I'm like that, no, that's the dumbest MP. And then I they no, that's the dumbest MP. Mark Garrettson always comes out and he's like, no, Sheila, I'm the dumbest. And so last week, Mark Garrettson, when the Nazi came, uh, Pierre Polyev was not enthusiastic enough for Mark Garrettson. And so this tweet has aged like an absolute banana. And uh, so he records in the House of Commons, for some reason, he's got a cell phone out, not not respecting parliamentary protocols or the um, value of the chamber. And he's, look, there's Pierre Polyev just sort of like putting his little hands together for uh, Zelensky. He's just like doing the polite like Queen's clap for Zelensky. Gerritsen didn't think it was aggressive or enthusiastic or performative enough. And so he videotaped Polyev and posted that to the internet. And um, Gerritsen yeah. is a dumb, dumb man. Uh, Sheila, what do you want to bet that Mark Gerritsen is really, really suffering from buyer's remorse with that particular tweet, given what we know about this guy? Because apparently it's not a matter of not clapping loud enough. The, uh, if you were to be on the right side of history, the conservatives should have been booing uh, this individual. But again, uh, they apparently didn't know uh, his resume. But also, Sheila, I got to take you to uh, task here when you call Mark Gerritsen, uh, the dumbest MP, is that including Seamus O'Regan? <laughs> I thought that's the gold standard. You know what, though? Are you following Mark Gerritsen on Twitter? I can't say I am. He, oh, he's so stupid. Like, I call him the internet's punching bag. Every day, I couldn't be that stupid if I tried to be a parody of the stupidest liberal wow. MP. And yet there's Mark Gerritsen just out there every day, be clowning himself every, it's gotta be exhausting. Good thing he's not very bright, otherwise his feelings would be hurt. 
Unbelievable. Sheila, is that it for uh, chat? Um, let me just check once more real quickly. Yeah, we're done. We're all caught up. It's uh, We're almost a half an hour extra overtime today. Um, and we only touched upon one issue, but hey, what an issue. It is very, very important indeed. Well, folks, Thank you so much for tuning in to the Daily Roundup, and a special thank you to all of those who uh, sent in a super chat, especially those super chatters that are promising to send me a gift. That's always super delightful. Thank you to Efren and Olivia, our super producers behind the board. I believe I am here tomorrow with uh, the pride of Coburg, Ontario. That would be Tamara Ugolini. Hopefully she's going to bring in my Menzoid custom license plates. I don't know how she ended up with those in the first place. In the meantime, as always, folks, stay safe and stay sane. The Honourable Opposition House Leader, then the Government House Leader, before anything starts, I just want to make it clear that it was my decision, and my decision alone. This was a constituent who wanted to see what wanted to be here, and I recognized him. It was my decision. And I apologize profusely. I cannot, I cannot tell you how regretful it is. And it may not be good enough for some of you, and for that I apologize. And I'll let the Honourable Opposition House Leader take it from here, and then we'll go to the Government House Leader.